0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network presented by extreme threads your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer
1: What's going on, lacrosse fans? Take your seats, please. It's time for Lex Class, brought to you by Extreme Threads here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. As we come to you once again here on a Tuesday, Jake Elliott, Evan are with you, and Week 9 of the National Lacrosse League season is in the books. Week 10 on the horizon. That is just crazy to think about, that we've already gone through nine weeks of the NLL season so far. And it was a big week of lacrosse. Uh, Let's welcome in my partner, my co host, Evan. Welcome back to the podcast once again.
2: Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, the crazy, crazy world continues. I guess we shouldn't be surprised anymore. Uh, a lot of sorrows to be drank away in Saskatoon on Saturday night but... Well,
1: we we had to do that just to <clears throat> keep the blood flowing As uh, It was about minus 38, I did survive it However, I, I came home and I think I brought the weather with me Because it dumped about a foot of snow here in British Columbia last night And uh looks like we're in for another dump again here tonight So I don't know what I did to deserve that But I thought, well, you know, I can handle a weekend of snow in Saskatchewan It'll be fine when I get home, but uh, it's almost worse here because it's like a wet cold in Vancouver. Anyways, enough about the weather. A couple of trades uh, went down that we didn't have a chance to talk to because that's just the way it goes for the most part. Uh, You finish recording, you're all zipped up, and then all of a sudden some news breaks, and that's what happened last week as Rochester goes out and reacquires one of my favorite players in Stephen Keough uh, for some draft picks going back the other way as Rochester kind of felt like they needed to make a move. Keel was kind of sitting there not contributing to the Mammoth, and uh, the Mammoth, they need to make some moves as well. They decide to acquire some picks. I probably would suspect that they aren't done, but uh, what do you make of Keogh going back to Rochester?
2: Uh, it makes sense because on Rochester's end, they needed to shake up the offense. They were a little bit stalled there, get some another gun in the lineup, Colorado, they needed to shake up their offense too to get things going. And with Kyle Killen playing the way he is, they needed to find a spot for him. Uh, the difficulty I've got with it, though, is that Colorado paid a first and a second to get him from Rochester. I didn't see any skills diminishing by any means. And they only got a second and a third coming back. I think they should have done a lot better. But when they sat him for a couple of weeks, you know, they diminished his value.
1: Uh, well, it just wasn't a couple of weeks, Evan. Like, this has been going on for the better part of a year and a half with Keo, who's been in and out of the lineup. And And you're right, that, that will diminish his trade value. And I'm sure Colorado asked for more, but Kurt Steyer is not giving up. Anymore, and uh, I think it's the the right move for both teams and for Stephen Keough. I think he's pretty comfortable there in Rochester. He's been a fan favorite over the years and uh, very familiar with sweeping the carpet there at the Blue Cross Arena, which he will get to do for the rest of the season before they take off for Halifax. Uh, another deal, and this one was much more shocking or caught us off guard by surprise, if you will, Evan, and that was the number two overall pick from last year's entry draft in Chris Cloutier being shipped to Buffalo uh, again for some picks going back the other way. 24 points through seven games for Kluche. I mentioned the number two pick overall, but uh, we had Paul Day on the podcast. He played possum. He didn't let us know that this was coming, and then uh, a couple of days later, boom, there goes the trade. Um, This one caught a lot of people by surprise, and and I don't know how you feel about it, but uh, I guess the – the message kind of coming from the head coach and GM that he wasn't really satisfied with Kluche's fitness and wasn't really fitting in with the Wings bunch there. And with uh, the addition of Kevin Crowley, he became expendable.
2: I don't know how much I'm buying that, though. Uh, you know, Kluche's stats were not that bad for a rookie. And, you know, for a guy that, you know, there was a debate at one stage, is, is Austin Stotts or Chris Kluche the number one pick? to all of a sudden just give up on him seven games into his rookie season? I I don't get it. There's got to be something else to this, something maybe in the dressing room that they knew they had to move on. Uh, To me, it's a steal for Buffalo value-wise because uh, they, you know, to get him for, in essence, a first-round draft pick three years from now or two years from now, Plot you know, and it's going to be a much lower draft pick. And and Ryan Wagner, the only difficulty really for Buffalo is they can only protect five forwards in that expansion draft. And with the list they already got, do they protect Kluczyk? Do they now expose Thomas Hogarth? It's uh, it's going to be some wheeling dealing that's going to have to be done to keep all those guys around.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting there. Kluczyk did not play. Uh, in their last week's game against the Georgia Swarm, he was a scratch in that game as it was small and Durston. And, and uh, reports coming that maybe the Josh Byrne injury a little more serious than first expected. I'm not sure if he has been claimed as done for the year or not. Uh, I have a feeling it's going that way. Whether he comes back late in the year or not, I'm not so sure. But a uh, little insurance there, no doubt, for Chris Cluche and the Buffalo Bandits uh, to join already a stacked left side. Corey Small, Durston, uh, you know, they got McKay that can play up front as well. So I think the Bandits are in pretty good shape, and uh, we'll talk about those Bandits right now, in fact, here, Evan, as it's time for the segment that we like to call Who You Had. It's brought to you by Stampede and Tack in Western Wear, our new sponsor here on the Lacrosse Classified podcast. They are your complete source for boots, hats, belts, jeans, and anything country. They ship Canada-wide, located in Cloverdale, right in my neck of the woods, since 1967, online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. And I talked to my man from Stampede Tech. We were talking about coming up with a bet for the winner of Who You Got, Evan. He suggested maybe uh, the loser of Who You Got, Dresses up in some boots, some chaps, maybe a vest and a cowboy hat, uh, with some pictures being taken for the public's consumption. What do you think?
2: I'm game with that. Okay. I mean, I you got okay. Remember this though. I grew up on a farm. <laughs> so you,
1: you're com- you probably have your own set that you can put on. See, that's yeah, not I really punishment for you. Them, no, that's not really. punishment I never worn
2: them, but it's not punishment for me to actually wear them. All
1: right. Well, we'll 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 discuss. We may try and like think of something a little more uh, revealing or, or embarrassing, if you will, uh, than than just that. Uh, but let's get into it here because it was a big week nine in the National Lacrosse League, Evan. And it started on Friday night uh, with the Vancouver Warriors going into Pechanga Arena in San Diego, and uh, I guess the first thing we should probably talk about is the Canadian anthem that was played before the Seals game, or sung before the Seals oh. game, or attempted to be sung before the Seals game, and and good on the president of the Seals, Steve Govett, for coming out and, and issuing an apology, and... Uh, because the anthem is all, it's my all-time favorite song. Everybody knows that, Evan. But uh, it's always a sensitive subject when things go a little sideways with the anthem. And uh, they sure did on Friday night in San Diego. And, and Steve Govett uh, coming out and, and issuing a, a statement and an apology. So good on him and the Seals for doing that. And I'm sure things will be better moving forward. And, and maybe they should be better moving forward for the team as well. Because the Seals did not look very good on Friday night where the Warriors looked really good on the strength of a sock trick from one Keegan Ball. He got a hat trick a week ago, his first, and then follows that up with a six-back. No Logan Schuss in this game, but the Warriors go away winning 14-6 to over the Seals.
2: Yeah, that National Anthem, <laughs> I had to look back because I didn't get to see it the first go-around, but my goodness... Uh, for those that are Canadian, I still haven't League. seen
1: it. I still haven't. And I'm not sure I want to, to be quite honest with you.
2: Oh, For those that are Canadian Football League fans, you might remember when Las Vegas had a team.
1: Oh, the old Christmas National tree. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Yes. I do remember. <laughs> or Canada
2: got sung the old Christmas tree. When no Logan Schuss was uh, was out there on Friday night because of work commitments, you're thinking. My goodness, Uh, they're struggling with offense as it was. They only got five last week. What's going to happen? So for Vancouver to put up 14 with Logan Schuss not there, I mean, there are a few jokes passed around of, well, maybe Logan Schuss doesn't need to be around. Yeah, he needs to be around. But, you know, you can poke fun at him a bit. How about Keegan Ball? You know, six goals, ten points. This guy was not even in a lineup the last two years. He was playing Senior B over in St. Albert, which is a phenomenal program. But, you know, that's where he was playing the last two years. And, you know, absolutely amazing, amazing job. San Diego, you got to look at the discipline there. They were up 3-1. They start taking stupid penalty after stupid penalty. The crashing of, you know, trying to crash into Eric Penny. Uh, five in game that really upset the apple cart, um, and I didn't have an issue with the five in game being issued because of how hard he went into him there. Yeah,
1: I I, I I don't know Evan. I I thought it was a really soft five and a game to go on top of it. I get they want to protect the goaltenders and 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 all that, but I mean like I didn't think he went in that hard. He got pushed from behind. I thought Penny made it look pretty good. And for the rookie, playing in his first game, gets his first goal in Jules Hennenberg, and then all of a sudden gets kicked out of the game I thought was a little over the top uh, there from the officials but you're right San Diego was very sloppy in that game no Brody Merrill in that game as well and Eric Penny uh, has been a revelation so far here for Vancouver you look at Aaron Bolt who had a quite the, he was in San Diego and had quite the scooter accident uh, there in the streets of San Diego but it was Eric Penny that got the start and he was just a brick wall and from all accounts Dwight Medkey is the new goaltending coach there in San Diego has had a Real impact on Eric Penny's game, and it's showing through. You got to think he's going to be the guy moving forward. Speaking of moving forward, Evan, let's do that because we got to get. We haven't even mentioned our guests this week on the Lacrosse Classified podcast, and we got a good one here for you. Dane Doby will join us from the Calgary Roughnecks coming up in about 10 minutes' time. Dane Doby, who had a big night against Saskatchewan, we'll get to that in mere moments, and the head coach of the New England Black Wolves, the professor. Glenn Clark will join us in about 20, 25 minutes from now uh, to talk about his New England Black Wolves, who were victorious on the weekend as well. Next game up, however, though, Evan Schemenauer, on who we had here, brought to you by Stampede and Tack. Colorado at Philadelphia, and man, kind of the same old story here. You had the Mammoth, I had the Wings, uh, and close but no cigar once again for Philadelphia, 12-10, the final Mammoth.
2: And once again, Philly doesn't play a 60-minute game. It really just came down to that. And with both Vancouver and New England winning, this game just really became that much more critical for both teams when when they were out on the floor because now they just got to win the, this game just to keep pace with everybody. Um, Kevin Crowley, no goals on 14 shots. You, yeah, you don't see that too often. Ryan Benesch with the big night. Eli McLaughlin with the big night. But Philly is up 9-7, you know, going into the fourth. They get outscored 5-1 in the final quarter. They blow a power play opportunity in Colorado, gets two late ones on them. If Philly can get it that they can play a 60-minute game, they win this one, but they just... Can't pull
1: it off. Maybe it's not just Chris Clouchet that's not in shape on that Philadelphia team because it seems to be fourth quarter collapses that have really been their Achilles heel. And that just tells me that maybe the fitness isn't where it needs to be. I don't know. Like it shouldn't be an issue at the pro level. Um, And I'm not, you know, saying it is or saying it's not, but maybe. I I, like, I mean, that's uh, the first thing that pops to my mind when you're giving up fourth quarter leads on a consistent basis. First, the fitness. You know, the, the legs will go, and when the legs go, then the the mental side of it starts to go, and that's when you start making mistakes. So, um, maybe something to address there in Philadelphia, and they got a real interesting weekend coming up. Uh, we'll cover that in who you got coming up, but we got to keep going here. Uh, Rochester at New England. A lot of guys with double digit point nights uh, this week in the National Lacrosse League. Callum Crawford goes off for five and five for ten points in this one. Bouquet got the start. He was solid. You've got to think he has uh, clearly established himself as the number one guy. We'll ask Glenn Clark that when we talk to him. But 16-13, Blackwells over the Nighthawks.
2: And how bad is Rochester missing Jake Withers at this stage? They lost the game in Philadelphia in a large part because they couldn't get a win, a face-off win against Trevor Baptiste. This week he's still out. They won just nine out of 33. Um so they're limiting their offensive chances. Obviously, they got the scoring back in, but a back-and-forth game that in the last few minutes of the first half, the first few minutes of the second half, New England goes on this massive run and, and gets it. But you never really expect anybody to put up 16 on Rochester. That defense is normally pretty solid, but neither Angus Goodley or Warren Hill having a strong game. Um you know, but the thing for New England, not only does it get them back on track, it gets them two games ahead of Rochester now for that last playoff spot, and they have the tiebreak swinging in their direction.
1: Yeah, that's that's a huge win there for New England for all those reasons you just mentioned, and uh, they set themselves up pretty good heading into a big weekend. Uh, this weekend, uh, next one up, I thought this was going to be the marquee matchup of the weekend here, Evan, and uh, turned out to be maybe the the worst game of the weekend. Not so much for the victorious Buffalo Bandits who clobbered Georgia on their home floor uh, as the Swarm lay an egg. 19-9, the final Bandits over the Swarm. Dane Smith with 11 points in this game, Evan. All 11 courtesy of the assist as sean evans puts up another 10 points as well but a very very convincing win here for the bandits on the road as they take down the swarm and uh, that's a big win there for the bandits
2: absolutely now i guess we got to stop taking jabs at dane smith that he never passes because he had nine a couple weeks ago he had 11 in this game He's finally learned how to pass. I only uh,
1: jabbed him once, one time. That was it. (laughs) Maybe you have uh, given him the gears a little bit more than I have. But, no, I mean, uh, that's really a a kind of a crazy stat to come up with 11 points and all of them be assists. Like, you just don't see that ever. Yeah,
2: and, you know, a lot of big nights, not just Sean Evans, Corey Small, Thomas Hogarth on another hat trick. He's still tied for, I believe it's fourth. In league scoring, he's one goal away from second. And this is a guy that played out the back door last year. So, you know, absolutely unbelievable breakthrough season for him. Uh, Buffalo, you know, when Lyle Thompson scores his penalty shot goal, it's a one-goal game. Buffalo reels off 10 of the next 11 games over at that stage. Uh, But once again, not only is it critical for Buffalo to get this win to get up in the standings, but once again, you know, in an East where tie breaks were very prevalent last year, they once again have the upper hand. There's only one game left between these two all season. So you also need to get those tie break scenarios on your side.
1: Yeah, and it's kind of weird. Like the East is really kind of creating separation between the top tier teams and the bottom tier teams where I think the West is going to be like the East was last year where it may very well just come down to the final week of the regular season to see who gets in, who gets first place, who's got home floor, who gets to bye, all that sort of stuff. Um, it's just so jam-packed in the West that uh, I don't see it really kind of separating the rest of the way, the way things have gone so far. Speaking of the West, uh, our final game of Who We Had, and that featured a game that I called You Were At, Lacrosse Day State in Saskatchewan in Arctic temperatures, uh, Calgary at Saskatchewan. And this game featured three Ds. Dixon, Dobie, Delbianco. The story here for the Roughnecks. I'm not sure. It was 7-7 at halftime, but that was about as close as it got. Saskatchewan got out to a big lead in this one, 5-1 to one out of the gates, and you thought, okay, here come the rush. They're back. This is what they do. Uh, they a well-timed timeout from Kurt Miloski. They chip away. They get it to 7-7 going into the break and then come storming out just – took the game over in the third quarter, and Saskatchewan just never able to recover. Dixon with a monster night, so did Dane Dobian, and Del Bianco was solid as always, 17-12 Roughnecks.
2: I actually missed the second quarter of this game because I was uh, down in the back of the arena uh, helping set up for the halftime show there for lacrosse day in Saskatchewan, and you could just hear it on the loudspeakers like, Calgary goal. Calgary, like, it's 5 1 when you leave, and it's what the heck is going on? And let's give, first off, let's give Calgary a ton of credit for an offense that has struggled a ton. They scored 17 on 44 shots. Now, a couple empty netters in there, but, you know, they still pulled off one heck of a performance. You know, Curtis Dixon putting out his tweet, it's about time, right? And, uh, you know, but for Saskatchewan, this is not the confident team that they were for the last five years. They were very, you know, they've lost their confidence. they got to get it back. Uh, you know, a game in in Vancouver this week to try and get it back, but here's some crazy stats that you've, number one, this is Calgary's first win in Saskatoon ever. I mean, this is the fourth season they've been in Saskatoon, so... Uh, quite a few games played there. It's the first time they got a win, but the first time the Rush have lost three consecutive regular season games since 2013.
1: Yeah, that's you know, that's a wild that's a wild stat, and it uh, was a game against the Washington Stealth. So that gives you an idea on how far they're going back. And then two back to back losses against the Roughnecks. Um, so yeah, concerning for Saskatchewan for sure. But, you know, listening to the comments from Derek Keenan, Chris Corbeil, Jeff Shatler, so some, you know, the head coach and obviously two veteran leaders of that team, they don't feel like they're there that far off, and, and there's no panic in that room, and, and we're still relatively, you know, they're third of the way through, so, um, you know, the message was kind of like once you get into the dance, anything can happen, and there's not going to be any panic in the rush locker room, and we'll see what kind of adjustments. You know, Vancouver coming off their most impressive win of the season. Saskatchewan now losers at three in a row. It's gonna be an interesting game coming up in Vancouver between those two, which we will cover in who you got coming up later in the show. But now we got to get to break. Uh, Evan, oh, actually, no. First, let's update the standings here. Uh, you went two and three. I went one and four. Tough week for both of us overall standings give them to me please
2: 27 and 17 we're tied again you get the lucky break of uh hosting again uh yeah no uh you the only game you got right was buffalo and the only ones i got right were colorado and new england
1: well there you go so what sorry i, I missed it uh i got a little distracted there what are the overall records now
2: 27 and 17 for both of us.
1: Okay, 27 and 17. So we're still in the good here, uh, and we got a big week coming up. What do we got? we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Is that right?
2: Right. I've got to check my notes, but, yeah, I think you're right. I think
1: actually it's six. Six games coming up. Six
2: games, you're correct. Yeah, yeah. and
1: then week 11 is a really weird week. Like There's only like three games, and it's like two on a Friday and one on a Sunday. There's no Saturday night games Uh in week 11 we'll we'll get to that later but now we got to get to break so i'm we're we're tied in the standings but, but because you had the better week i get to host who you got so my plan is working perfectly here and uh oh we'll look forward to that excuses, first excuse yeah, yeah 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 we got to get to break here uh Dane toby <laughs> of the calgary roughnecks is coming up you're listening to extreme threads lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural
0: with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come.
2: Hey, this is Paul Day, head coach and general manager of the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Lax All Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All Stars podcast network. Thanks to our friends at Pure Vital Labs. Anything else would be on Sportsman Lake, all natural. These supplements are the best on the market. Uh, Make sure you check them out. Uh, I know my man Tyler Pace is on them, Curtis Dixon, Del Bianco, a bunch of your teammates there as we welcome Dane Doby to the podcast. Make sure you find PVL at pvl.com or at Pure Vital Labs. Uh, Dane Doby, big night for you and your Roughnecks uh, on Saturday night in Saskatchewan. You guys haven't won there ever. Uh, That one had to feel pretty good.
3: Yeah, most definitely. And, uh, that's a tough environment to play, and not too many teams can come out of there with a win. So, it was good. Uh, it was definitely good. It was the first game of the year uh, against those guys. We play them two more times, but you know, it's definitely good to get uh, the season series started in our favor.
2: You uh, you were down early in that game. Uh, Kurt Molowski takes, in what my opinion, a very well timed timeout. You uh, know, halfway through the first quarter, what was said, and I guess what changed in the game plan from that point because. You guys just absolutely took off. I believe it was for nine of the next eleven goals at that stage.
3: Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I think that's he's he's good at understanding the game and the time of the game, and uh, I believe it was just stay calm and stick with the process and uh, um, just get our feet wet. And you know, unfortunately, we started off slow, which we preached that we didn't want to do, and. It happened, but uh, everybody kept level-headed, and uh, we didn't go out of our way and try and do things on our own. We stuck to a 20-man unit and started
1: getting closer,
3: and I think at half it was 7-7, so uh, then we are playing a 30-minute game to see who won. I,
1: I, it's taken a couple of weeks for you and and the, the offense to kind of start clicking, and Curtis Dixon in particular off to a, a slow start, but coming off a hat-trick against the Warriors and then just, I think we, we saw Curtis Dixon make his... Announces return to the National Lacrosse League. You guys have been playing together for a while now. Did it just take a few weeks for you guys to rekindle the magic, if you will?
3: Yeah, I guess so. And you know, Dixon's Dixon. He's uh, he's always he's always valuable. I think even when he wasn't putting up big numbers, he was valuable for us. He was, he was doing a lot of little things out there and banging bodies. Um, he's a physical physical athlete that really can go anywhere or do anything and pretty much at will on the floor. I think it's uh him getting used to him and Reese playing together. Uh they've never played together before. Uh it took a little bit. But uh like I said, hopefully they just keep improving every game and I think last week was uh a good thing to show and uh he's back and we're excited and he had a he had a good performance, that's for sure.
2: You've had a number of uh good quality contributions from a lot of new pieces of the puzzle. Uh, of course, with no Westberg, still not signed. And, of course, the injury to Jesse King, we sounds like he's going to be gone for a while. You've had Dan Taylor really step up. You've had Chris Bouchie, uh come out of middle of nowhere to really a lot number of goals. Reese Dutch was on fire early in the season. How much of a learning curve was it with all these new pieces? And maybe just talk to us about uh, the contributions each of these new guys is making to the team.
3: Yeah, like it's uh it's actually really it's pretty cool. Um we'll start with the left side, you know, Riley Lowen's Riley Lowen. Uh I don't know if you're if you're not a big lacrosse guy or don't understand the game too well, you might not think he does too much out there, but I'll tell you right now, he's he's a valuable asset to our team and Dan Taylor's not, not much different than Riley Lowen. He bangs bodies to create space for himself and uh he could bury the ball when he gets the opportunity and you know that we have Ryan Martell that comes in and he's in way better shape than he was last year. And uh, he had a year under his belt last year. And I think he's performing at a, at a high level as well. And we get Chris Bushi from Buffalo and he's, uh, he's, I think he's an energetic guy. He just brings energy flies around out there. Um, he's missed the last couple, but uh, I don't think he's going to be sending out too many more. I think we're going to rotate lineups quite often here. And he's, uh he can finish the ball, but he creates space for himself and he can buzz around. So, then you go to Reese, who's a 100-point, 90-point getter in this league for 10-plus years. So um, we expect nothing less. And Reese's, when it comes game time, Reese is, is a gamer, and he always has been. So uh, missing Dix or missing uh, Burgie and missing uh, Kinger. Hopefully we get Kinger back sooner than later, and um, he'll be a valuable asset. And I don't know what's going on with Bergey at the moment, so we just play it by year. As players, we just worry about what we have with our, with our team right now. And – if Bergie comes back, then we welcome him with all arms.
1: Speaking with Dane Dobie of the Calgary Roughnecks and uh, also the new head coach of the Langley Junior Thunder. I want to talk to you about that in a second, but you and Reese Dutch, more or less your careers, I don't know if you realize this or not, Dane, but your guys' numbers and your careers have like really mirrored each other as far as... The type of numbers you've put up from year to year to year, like you guys just kind of keep bouncing back and forth eclipsing these milestones have is that something you've taken notice of
3: um, not necessarily like I played against Reese as my first year junior out here when I moved out west, and he played for Victoria, and we've always had battles against each other even when we went to senior, and he's always been into the Washington San Jose, I think he was in San Jose Washington, and uh and then up in Vancouver, and he's always been a leader on that team, and always put up big numbers for them. And to be honest with you, when I, when I called him originally, when he first got on the team, we, we was kind of a it was kind of a laughing joke, you know. Like we've always been we've always been enemies, but uh, now it's time to play on the same team and try and try and go win win a championship together. And there'd be nothing more happy than I'd be is to lift a cup with him.
1: Yes. Yeah, so speaking of playing on the same team together, so you get named the head coach of the Langley Junior Thunder as you've moved back to BC and you've kind of uh, planted yourself back here. You're going to play some games for the Senior Thunder. You're going to coach the Junior Thunder. But what makes that situation unique? And I don't know how many people really realize this, but two of your teammates on the Roughnecks in Ryan Martell and Anthony Kalinich, still with another year of junior lacrosse left. What's it like, What's it gonna be like to play with these guys at a professional level, and then all of a sudden, when the summer turns, you're gonna have to coach these guys?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think it's it's definitely unique for sure, and I know it's definitely happened in the past. I know what happens with uh, with Mouse there when he uh, played with Connor, and he had Connor as and he coached Connor and Burnaby, so Craig Con that is. And, yeah, yeah, uh, but. Uh, I think one advantage I have is that I never coached them last year, so they know me as a player right now, um, and, and that's all right. But um, so when I get to coaching them, I, they're they're smart, intelligent kids, and you know I expect nothing less. And they're going to give it their all, and they know they're they're in their last year at junior, and they want to they want to prove something. And I'm excited to take that group on, and there's some uh, very talented kids on that team. But um, you know, it, it's just something going into it it's fun right now as I get to play with those guys and understand them but when it gets to coaching it's game on and they might not like me as much as they do as a player.
1: Well hopefully you can coach that mustache right off of Martel because that thing is creepy.
2: <laughs> yeah it's a dirty one for sure. <laughs> oh man.
1: Yeah I, I think
2: back to uh, November you were getting a bit of a ribbing because you finally got on Twitter and everybody was waiting for you to finally tweet i know dixon and a number of guys were taking
1: jabs well, the first you. one was a beauty too it was during the yeah, lockout the first right one. lock it lock yeah, the it door was... get in a room <laughs> yeah that's what it was it's an absolute shame
2: it's come down to this get a deal done lock the doors and hash it out let's go obviously a lot of frustration back then but it also led to one heck of an epic opening on social media yeah <laughs> um I guess it was time thirty two years old, maybe I fire back
1: into it, so uh um <laughs> uh, it's one of those things I don't know I don't know it's, i guess well what made you, key, what made you get on there, Dan? what was it that finally made you say like I'm gonna get on Twitter?
3: you know what? I don't know if there's actually a a real reason um to be honest with you. I see uh it's some way to keep in touch with some of my friends that are further away, I guess in one sense. But uh, I have a I have a young two year old daughter and I love, love throwing her out there too once in a while. Sure. So it's uh, it's just it's just uh, I guess the the new era. I got to get in with the new era and get up with the times. But I like following the lacrosse. There's a lot of lacrosse stuff on there. So my uh, the things constantly going off in my in my ear and maybe it's driving my wife crazy a little bit. But
1: <laughs> you can turn um, off your notifications just so you know you don't have to have I'm, that on. I might need to I mean might need to learn how to do that yeah, one though <laughs> yeah yeah uh well ask uh, ask Dixon or ask Dutchie. uh they'll they'll help you out as far as that goes I know going into I didn't check the the numbers uh before we got you on the the line here Dane, but I know you're very close to to breaking Jeff Shatler's all-time assist records you became the all-time leader for the roughnecks and points last year and just uh one more record to break i guess as far as that goes and 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 it's going to be your old running mate and, and jeff Shatler. a lot of years uh with shots who was on the other side of the floor um talk about what that that's going to mean to you when you eclipse that mark yeah you know it's i think it
3: just means more of uh what me and chats actually had together and uh, how close we actually are and i talked to him after the game for a while there and we just caught up with away from lacrosse stuff Jeff's playing some of the best lacrosse I've seen him play in a long time so he's fantastic for Saskatchewan right now and I I expect nothing less from him um like I said me and Jeff played on the left side in Calgary for I want to say 10 years it might have been nine um together and he was fantastic teammate fantastic person and uh I think it's away from lacrosse he's just a a good person to be around and he has a, a big heart so I look up to Jeff, and uh, he's a great friend of mine, and we chat once in a while, and we both have young families now, so it's actually, <laughs> well, fun, I was it's gonna, actually fun
2: to uh,
1: yeah, talk I was, to each other. I was going to say, like, Back back in the day, in, in your younger days, you and Schatz uh, used to get after it pretty good. And now you guys are, are, are kind of growing up. Uh, you're both in your 30s and both starting young families and uh, have kind of taken a left turn as far as those days have gone. And, and it's great to see you guys uh, still at the top of your game playing and, and uh, starting a, a life away from lacrosse, uh, but still remain good friends.
3: Yeah, you know, it's it's something that we can always, always look back on and always laugh and have fun about, but, uh, start having families together and it's actually, it's actually a lot of fun. Unfortunately, we moved away from Calgary where Jeff was, so, but, uh, He's easy to talk to, easy to catch up with, and uh, he'll remain family friends for a long time.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, Hey, Dane, I appreciate uh, you taking some time here to join us on Lacrosse Classified. Uh, Great game on Saturday night, and and we didn't get a chance to talk to you about Buffalo, but I know that's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, Both teams playing very well, and and probably the game to watch uh, coming up this weekend. So best of luck against the Bandits, man.
3: Thanks, I appreciate it.
1: All right, Dane Doby of the Calgary Roughnecks and new head coach of the Langley Junior Thunder Roughnecks will take on Buffalo this weekend. We'll make our picks and who you got coming up. Uh, but we got to get to break here because we got another great guest coming up here on Lax Class. It's the head coach of the New England Black Holes, Glenn Clark, joins us on the other side. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network.
0: Serving the business and sports community since 2018, Extreme Threads provides custom design apparels around the world. Specializing in lacrosse, they deliver exceptional quality and service, customizing box and field team apparel and uniforms. Extreme Threads offers free design work and takes the time to ensure you get exactly what you need for your team or club. Contact Extreme Threads at sales at extremethreads.ca for your custom apparel needs today. Hey, this is Ryan Binesha of the Colorado Mammoth. You're listening to
3: Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on Lax All Stars. Brought to you by Extreme Threads, our title sponsor here on the podcast. You know the deal by now, but in case you don't, you can visit them at extremethreads.ca. Sign your team up for an apparel package and then mention my name when you do that and your coach and your manager. we got a coach on the line, but your coach, your manager will get some free stuff and free stuff is always good, so do that. Sales at extremethreads.com. Mention my name, get free stuff, do it. Uh, so thanks to them. And now thanks to our next guest joining us here on Lacrosse Classified. He is the head coach of the New England Blackwells in his fourth year and coming off an impressive 16-13 victory Uh, Glenn Clark, the professor, thanks for joining us here.
4: Thanks for having me, Jake.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Our pleasure, in fact. Uh, Well, just why don't we talk about that game, 16-13. You know, maybe you don't like giving up uh, 13 goals, but you score 16. You get the victory. That's all that really matters. What did you think of your team's performance on the weekend?
4: Mixed reviews. You know, always, as a coach, you're always, you know, you're sort of maybe a little hypercritical sometimes i mean obviously you know the way we started and the the separation we got through the second and third quarter was nice uh we got a little tense um as they made their push but you know they're a good team and they've got good players and they got a championship pedigree so you expect that from them and you know the nice thing was we we responded and 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 kept the gap uh manageable and comfortable towards the end but you expect that from a team like Rochester. I mean, they're, they're, anytime you, it's dangerous to look at a record with any team in the league. And, and, I mean, I, you know, their record is not where they want it to be, but, you know, they're, they're a team that can bite you at any time, and they've got a lot of quality players.
2: And you're in a critical three game stretch. I mean, Rochester was one game back you coming into this week. Now you've got a two game lead plus a lead in the tie break. Now, you go into a weekend, into a back and back once again with another team that you're trying to fend off uh, for the last playoff spot there in the East. Uh, how big of a, you know, obviously you got to be ready to go. If you get the sweep, you probably kind of solidify the spot. So, this week is, uh, you know, really critical to where the rest of the season goes at this stage.
4: Yes, it is, and you know you, we we've sort of broken the season into segments, and, and our first six game segment three and three, and we want to improve on that. I mean, we want to be above five hundred in these these six game segments, so these are important towards reaching that goal. And and divisional games, you know, always hold a little bit more weight, so it's it's a big time for us. And you know, the the challenges too, like it is every week, is. Philly's better than the, than the record indicates. And I was sort of looking at the stats today, three, one goal losses, a couple of two goal losses. They've been in every single game they've played uh, and they're better than the record shows. So, you know, you don't get any weekends off in this league and you don't get any, you know, freebies. So it's, we're going to earn everything we get this weekend. And and I know Philly's going to want to make a, make a statement and, and, you know, try and get themselves back in the mix. So it, it'll be a tough weekend, but it, uh, yeah, definitely an important one for us.
1: Speaking with five time NLL champion and the current head coach of the New England Blackwells, Glenn Clark, uh, Evan and I have been, I'm just going to say it. I, I know you're a regular listener, Glenn, but we've been a little bit critical of you and the coaching staff on kind of flip-flopping on your goaltenders, uh, you know, giving them alternating starts and they've been pulled a couple of times for me. Bouquet has kind of taken the reins here and shown that he wants to be the guy. Are you still kind of dead set on flip flopping back and forth, or do you think Alexis Bouquet has kind of become your guy after the last couple of starts that he's had?
4: We we committed early on to to giving both of them an opportunity to, to showcase themselves, and and I mean it was it was a pretty good uh, mix early on i mean both guys were earning their minutes
1: yeah don't get me uh, wrong i love dougie jameson i got all sorts of respect for his game i just yeah and i know what you're saying there but for me like and, and i go back and I've, I've seen it work a couple of times in different places but do you kind of feel like if you're gonna go anywhere in this league you got to have an established number one guy or do you really feel like you can have a tandem there and, and give these guys equal minutes
4: no, I was, that was the, the second part of what I was going to say was we, we committed early to giving them, you know, both opportunities and looks until separation occurred. And, okay. you know, I, th- I think over the last couple of weeks, you've seen that we've been back to back with bouquet now. So, you know, I think he's probably had the stronger performances as of late. And, and that's essentially what we were looking for early on. We were, Going to give both of them an the opportunity until a separation occurred and I think you know we've seen that play out a little bit alex has been stronger in the last bit so he's had the opportunity to have the back-to-back starts and and run with it a little bit so that that was sort of our thinking as we went into the season because you know during camp exhibition you really couldn't i mean it, it was hard to split it, you know we didn't have a definitive number one yeah sure so we want so we wanted to see it play out and you know, Dougie's got loads of potential, young guy, and is going to have a long career. And, and Alex is getting into that that stage where goalies start to, you know, really find themselves that 26, 27 year old right. window. Yeah. So you know that was that was our thinking, and and, and I think yeah, it's sort of played out where there there's been a bit of separation, and Alex has uh, had the opportunity uh, to separate himself a little bit. But having said that, Dougie, you know, Dougie will get a chance again uh, at some point but we've been happy with both.
2: We had a bit of a lull in the last couple of games uh, leading up to this week and, you know, a five goal performance against Buffalo, uh, another not so great performance against uh, Georgia offensively. What changed this week uh, that wasn't there the two weeks prior?
4: I think with our, you know, with our talent base, I mean, we, we have a, you know, we, we have to rely on a team based offense and, you know, that's always a challenge for offenses is to stick, stick to the script and, and stick to the system because, you know, guys, guys sometimes get off script. Sometimes when things start going south on you, uh, they try to do too much. And sometimes less is more and, and relying on your teammates. We're, we're very good when we're systematic, when we're purposeful, when we're active, when we start struggling a little bit, and guys start taking on a little bit more of the burden and the responsibility, it sort of snowballs into what you've seen, you know, against sort of the the Buffalo and the Georgia game. The Buffalo game was was a disaster. I mean, we didn't have very many things going right. Uh, You know, and and the challenge for me after that game was, what's our response going to look like against Georgia? I thought we actually played fairly well against Georgia, and it was, you know, it could have went either way. But you know offense we didn't get results. I, th- I thought we were fairly consistent in our systems and fairly consistent in how we played but we didn't, you know, you were in a results-based business. So we didn't get the results. Um, but I was I was much happier with the Georgia response and then, you know, we carried that over into the Rochester game and I thought our offense was delivering on on what we want and what we need from them.
1: Speaking with the head coach of the New England Black Wolves, Glenn Clark, and and speaking of guys that you know have been getting it done, Callum Crawford with ten points. You know Steph LeBlanc's going to be solid offensively. Is there maybe a guy or two on your roster, Glenn, that? has kind of jumped off the page at you a little bit and has surprised you coming into the season. Like, for me, Riley O'Connor has been a guy that has really taken a step forward in his game. And is he's been, I mean, he's had flashes. But for me, watching him this year has been super consistent. That's got to be nice to see.
4: It is. And Riley, you know, a conversation, I mean, Riley had, you know, and it's no mystery because people talked about it a lot. I mean, he had a dip statistically last year. And we addressed that. We, we, we had dialogue about that. And, and the one thing we said and, and said to Riley as well, I mean, we're, we, we think you're, you know, last year was an anomaly and, and last year was not indicative of the type of player you are. Uh, and I think you're seeing this year more of what he is. The thing, you know, Riley's a very cerebral guy. He's a very smart offensive guy. And, and he's, he's playing very well with and without the ball. Uh, and I, I've really liked you know the lacrosse term we use is the jam that's been in his game mm. he's you know he's really banging inside he's, he's going to dirty areas he's catching in traffic and he's staying active and 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 that's that's been a key to his game and and quite frankly a key to our whole offensive unit when we're when we're moving when we're active we're good when we're not we're ordinary so he he drives that a little bit with you know, purposeful movement and 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 sticking to the system. So, yeah, he's been a guy that we're really happy with the the maturation and 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 the seasons he's having. Um, Tyler Digby, yeah. I, mean, I guess you could say, is having a bounce back year as well. Sure is. Um, And he was another guy that I you know I thought last year and and collectively as a group we thought that was a bit of an anomaly based on his skill set and his 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 history in the league, uh, and we thought he was closer to what we're seeing now. And he's given us that big body presence inside and creating space for other guys. So I think those two have had real significant uh, impacts and, and and positive, you know, sort of bounce back and, and strides in their game
1: um, compared to where they were last year. For sure. For sure. Speaking with Glenn Clark, uh, a few more minutes here with the professor. You got an opportunity really kind of right after your playing career to coach uh, the Toronto Rock, which didn't go particularly well and didn't last particularly long. And sometimes that's okay for a coach to to go through something like that, then have a little time off to kind of reflect and and self-evaluate. What do you – in your fourth year now, Glenn, like I would imagine you're a guy that still likes to learn and get better as a coach, but what do you think you've gotten better at as a coach from your time when you're in Toronto to, to what you're doing now? I think
4: the biggest. I mean, you know, when I got that Toronto job, um, you know, I probably could have played maybe a year or two more uh, in the NLL, but you get to that 37 year old body and and things start piling up a little bit. So it was a change I was willing to make, but in hindsight, I wasn't ready. I mean, you always you always think you're ready, uh, but I but I wasn't. I mean, it's 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 very difficult to go from. Being a player to being a coach, uh, you know, the fire still burns in you. You, you know, you sort of, you're approaching it as a player as as opposed to a coach. And I I think you do need that separation as an assistant coach or something of that. But I mean, you know, you're young and you think you're ready for it. So, probably what I learned most and, and had some real good mentors along the way through the Team Canada program with, you know, Eddie Como, Paul Day, Derek Keenan guys like that, that I I had the opportunity to coach with. The one of the things I've done a lot differently is um, stepping back, to be honest, learning the role of the head coach versus, you know, trying to micromanage and be involved in every face off, every defensive set, every offensive set. Like when I first started, you kind of feel like you've got to control everything uh, and not give as much autonomy to your assistant coaches. And the one thing I've learned is, you know spell out the expectations be part of the planning process understand that everybody's on the same page and then let them coach you know there's always time you want to interject and and you know your messages will get across but i've i've sort of learned to take more of that head coaching view of the game and and a lot of the you know the planning the discussion the prep the 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 methodology happens prior to and then and then you let your coaches coach a little bit
1: yeah, absolutely, and and you mentioned the names, and I mean, Day, Keenan, uh, you got to play under Les Bartley, so you've had a chance yep. to to learn from really the best in the game, and uh, you got your Black Wolves pointed in the right direction this season, Glenn Clark. Uh, I hope uh, continued success for you. Big weekend, back-to-backer against the Philly Wings. Uh, best of luck there. Thanks for joining us here on Lacrosse Constified for the first time, man, I appreciate your time.
4: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It was great, guys. I love the show.
1: All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, love your coaching. we got to spread the love, man. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining it. us here, and uh, best of luck against the Wings.
4: Awesome. Thanks, boys.
1: All right. Glenn Clark, uh, five-time NLL champion, Evan, uh, with the Toronto Rock, and now in his fourth year with the Black Wolves. And I think Glenn Clark's doing a real good job there at Mohegan Sun. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, it was a little concerning with – you know how few draft picks they got in the future, or you know where they're going to build this going forward. But you get a player like Digby who had an off season last year. He comes back, and I'm really impressed with Callum Crawford. And it's not that Callum Crawford wasn't, you know, he's not. A, he's always been a great player. It's that without Buchanan, without Crowley, there he's really relished in this leadership role, and he's taken the bull by the horns.
1: Well, I really think Crawford thrives on that. Being the guy, and he's produced everywhere that he's gone. But uh, when he's kind of the focal point and the real quarterback of the offense, I think that's when Showtime thrives the most. And uh, he's showing that coming off a 10 point performance for his Black Wolves next week. Okay, there's our interviews done. Doby in the books, Glenn Clark in the books, and now we got to take a break because coming up next. It's the new sensation sweeping the nation, Evan Cheminauer. It's Who You Got, presented by Stampede Tack. And it's next right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
0: Associated labels and packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
1: All right, lacrosse fans, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here, presented by Extreme Threads, and you heard it right there. Big thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Sean Ashworth, my friend, not Tosh Nishamira, the good folks there at Associated Labels and Packaging, they create first impressions, and they do a darn good job at doing that. You can find them at associated-labels.com, or their social media is at associated-lp, as in labels and packaging. You need a label, you need a package, Call my friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. Pretty simple. Uh, Welcome back here. And now it's everybody's favorite segment on any podcast in the entire universe. It's Stampede Tacks. Who you got? And it's presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear, your complete source for boots. Check them out. A huge selection of cowboy and blundstone. I don't know if you've ever seen blundstone boots. They are awesome. All CSA approved boots and they ship Canada wide. Located in Cloverdale since 1967 or online at stampede.ca where shopping online is still shopping local. All right, Evan, you went 2 and 3, I went 1 and 4. We are tied in the standings. 27 and 18, is that right? 27-17.
2: 27
1: and 17. Not bad, not great. See if we can improve on that. See if I can improve on that. I hope you don't. Um but I get to host because you had the better but week you- and we are tied. What? What? Let's get if it I improve,
2: way. though, you're not going to get the host next week.
1: Well, well, that's okay because then I'll be in the lead, right? That's how it works. I can't lose either way. Either I get to host or I'm in the lead. <laughs> I win either way. All right, here you know, we I'm go. Not, what?
2: I don't really don't care if if I take the lead or not, as long as I win my bet against
1: the Chad this
2: week. Oh, but right. Still hasn't said yes to, but, you know, I'm pretty sure we got that deal worked out. Yeah,
1: the Chad's not going to back out. Uh, our former friend, uh, well, who's now selling tickets for the Warriors, but I used to work with him at the Langley Event Center, and now he's uh, downtown with the lacrosse team selling tickets for the Warriors and still a good friend of mine uh, with Saskatchewan playing Vancouver this weekend. He actually tagged me and you in a tweet when the Warriors beat San Diego, I really don't know why the Chad did that Uh, saying that's a big win for the Warriors. Yeah, I guess it was a big win, but really it's no concern of mine. My reply to him was go rush. Uh, (laughs) And that uh, spurred him. Well, maybe, or actually you came up, sounds like we need to come up with a bet. So I think you guys are going to put like a Jersey on the line or something like that. We'll work it out. I'll be the mule and either uh, bring the Jersey from Saskatchewan to Vancouver or, hopefully bring the jersey from Vancouver to Saskatchewan we'll get to that game momentarily here on Stampede Tech, who you got but uh, the week starts off, week 10 in the National Lacrosse League starts off on Friday San Diego at Toronto, Toronto had the bye week, San Diego coming off a convincing loss to Vancouver Seals at the Rock, Evan Scheminauer. who you got
2: Well, the Rock are number one in my power ranking vote uh, for LAX All-Stars. They're tight for first in the overall LAX All-Stars power rankings. I'm not going against that. Um, I'm going to take the Rock on this
1: one. Pretty simple here as well. I think uh, maybe the Seals come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, You know Toronto's going to be motivated going up against Brody Merrill and uh, one of their other former players, and Patrick Merrill, Billy Greer, Josh Sanderson. A lot of former rock uh, on that bench there for San Diego. I think a rested Toronto team. Uh, the rest isn't going to be an issue for them. They're playing at home. Give me the rock as well to beat the Seals on Friday night. I don't know if you notice this or not uh, yet, Evan, as I'll get a little bit off track here for a second. But on BR Live, on the app, when they list the games, they actually have 1-11 to 11 ranked on there. Like they it's almost like they think that's who's what place they're in, that they don't separate the division. So when you look at those games you'll see a number beside the teams and that's kinda like BR Live's power rankings, I suppose, which is kinda weird. It's it's
2: actually the overall standings. If okay, merge the divisions together yeah. So
1: essentially it's power rankings Because they're, that's their overall standings That's how they rank their teams Okay, let's get into it here Saturday, that's the first of six games Here in Week 10 Saturday, the first game up We mentioned it earlier here with Glenn Clark It's a back-to-back uh, With New England and Philadelphia The first of the home-and-home home Will be in Philadelphia Black Wolves at the Wings Evan, who you got?
2: Well, let's put it this way. It's the former wings against the current wings, and I'm going to take the former wings. Um, It's just a case of they finally got their offense in order. I still don't trust Philly because they can't seem to play a 60-minute game. I'm just going to take the more consistent team at this stage, take New England.
1: I want to take Philadelphia in this game, but I think for all those reasons that you listed – I can't. I I wouldn't be surprised if Philadelphia actually won this game. Like, it wouldn't shock me because I think if they are going to win one out of these two games against the Black Wolves, it'll be at home where their fans have come out and, and supported their wings. They're close every game, but New England coming off that impressive victory, I think they keep it rolling. So, give me. The Black Wolves as well. And I was more or less going to pick whoever you picked in that game, Evan, just so you know, just so we don't uh, get separated. So I can't lose in that game because even if I get it wrong, so do you. So give me the Black Wolves uh, over the Wings. Game number three and probably the game of the week here, Evan. Uh, Calgary coming off that big win against Saskatchewan. Buffalo coming off that big win against Georgia. Bandits are at home to the Roughnecks. Who you got?
2: Tough one here, but I'm going to take Buffalo. Um, Calgary, I think, is going to give them a run for their money. Uh, you got a hell of a goaltending battle that's about to happen, but Buffalo, I think, is just a stronger team. They're playing at home. I'm going to take the Bandits in this one.
1: Man, this is getting a little boring here, Evan, because I'm also taking the Bandits. I can't wait to watch the goaltending matchup between Del Bianco and Matt Vince. Uh, that is going to be a spectacle for sure and the way that Calgary's offense was clicking last week and the way Buffalo's offense was clicking last week, something's got to give. Either it's going to be a real high-scoring game and the goalies are going to get ventilated, or we could see a major defensive battle and a goaltending performance in a low-scoring game. Either way, I think Buffalo prevails only because they're on their home floor. That's the tipping point for me, so give me the Bandits. We both have Toronto. We both have the Black Wolves. We both have the Bandits. Three games down, three games to go. Georgia is at Colorado. Mammoth coming off a victory. Georgia coming off a loss. Georgia goes on the road into the Pepsi Center, the Loud House, to take on Dylan Ward and the Mammoth. Evan, who you got? This was actually tougher than I thought it would be because
2: you know Georgia's got this great record. Colorado struggled this season, but Georgia had that ugly loss, and they're traveling out west to play. So it's not a given. I'm taking the swarm, but it. I actually had to think about this one for a while. Uh, they're maybe just a little more consistent of the year, but you could convince me it's Colorado.
1: Well, I might just convince you. I think I'm actually uh, – I have Georgia written down. Just so you know, I know you spend like days and days thinking about who you want to pick uh, coming up in, in this week's Who You Got. Me, I just kind of look at the games and, and then I pick it. Um, but since we've had three selections and we've all picked the same teams, I'm going to pick the Colorado Mammoth just to pick different from you and give myself a chance to take a lead on you, and I think you just sold me on the Mammoth being at home, Georgia having to travel, coming off a poor performance. Maybe the Mammoth have figured it out. Dylan Ward in goal. I like that there. Being at home, give me the Mammoth. I'm going to take the Mammoth uh, to beat the Swarm, Evan. So our first different pick Uh, next game up and pretty sure we're going to take the same team here it's Saskatchewan at Vancouver. These two teams met about a month ago it was the rush over the Warriors 14-10 in this game and a game that they chased Aaron Bold from Eric Penny came in and that's kind of when he started to take over and Actually gave Vancouver a chance to win that game. I think it was 8-8 at one point before Saskatchewan pulled away. But Saskatchewan coming off with three straight losses. They need to get back on track. A lot of players from this neck of the woods. Uh, So essentially a home game here for a lot of the rush players. That's my kind of pick. I think you see where I'm going. But I'm going to ask you first, Evan, who you got?
2: Well, I bet again i bet it on the rush against the chad so i can't possibly take the the warriors here hopefully the ryan wagner jersey is coming uh to the saskatchewan i hate to have to go to the rush office and say you guys cost me a, a jersey here i'm taking the rush
1: i'll take the rush as well i will be on radio side with my man dave thomas on 92.9 the Bull. So uh, if you're back in Saskatchewan and you want to listen to the broadcast, you can't watch the broadcast, check out uh, that with myself and Dave Thomas on the call. Radio side for that from Rogers Arena on Saturday night. Give me the rush as well, Evan. One more game to go, and it's one of my favorite things on the planet. It's Sunday lacrosse uh, from the Mohegan Sun Casino and the rematch of the home-and-home as Philly will head to New England. Not sure they're going to travel together. But the Wings will take on the Black Wolves on Sunday afternoon from the casino. Evan, who you got? As the league
2: wants to do these doubleheader weekends, this is the way to do the doubleheader yes, weekends. Yes, 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 you know, a
1: thousand times, yes.
2: Back-to-back, to, back to back, both teams got the same travel issues. Both teams got the same amount of rest. And you know what? That second game is going to sell better because of what happens in the first. It's actually not all that common that one team takes both ends of the doubleheader, but I'm going to say it happens this time. I'm taking the Black Wolves at home, and if that does happen, it could end up being that Philly starts to get into a transitional mode where you're working for next year if they're that far back at that stage.
1: Yeah, I mean, that. that's why I'm tempted to take Philadelphia in the first matchup. I've already picked the Black Wolves. I don't think I can switch my pick, but I definitely think New England is st- – is a good team, and Sunday afternoon really seems to be their wheelhouse as far as when they play good lacrosse. They, they've they kind of a, become accustomed to playing that Sunday afternoon game and being really good at it. So I, too, will take the Blackwells, which doesn't make for a very exciting Stampede Tack who you got this week because five out of our six picks are the same. So either way, one of us is going to have a one-game lead after week 10 and a very thin week 11. So a crucial week here. We both got the Rock to beat San Diego. We both have the Black Wolves to beat the Wings. We both have Buffalo to beat Calgary. You have Georgia. I got Colorado. We got Saskatchewan beating Vancouver. And we got New England going back-to-back against the Wings on Sunday as we go into week 10 action at 27-17. and what we got okay but that's who we got evan that's who we got not what we got
2: it's it's interesting when you're down on the floor uh the end of the rush game you know taking the kids for autographs and players are actually asking who's got the lead now
1: oh i love it (laughs) yeah i had that question about four times down on the floor at the rush player i love to hear that love to hear that good good stuff that people are following along and a, a big thanks to our new sponsor on board for who you got in stampede tack and western wear um, I think that wraps it up this week here, Evan. Uh, big thanks to Dane, Doby, and Glenn Clark for stopping by the show. Big thanks to you, the listener, for listening to Lacrosse Classified once again every week here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. And, of course, none of it is possible without our fantastic sponsors. Make sure you are checking them out, supporting them, soliciting them for your needs in Extreme Threads, Associated Labels and Packaging, Pure Vital Labs in Stampede Tech and Western Wear. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, we'll talk to you Saturday night from Rogers Arena for Rush and Warriors, and we will be back next Tuesday here on Lacrosse Classified, 3 p.m. Eastern. And you can find it via our social media channels. You are at Sham Lax, I am at PXP for Sports. The show is at Lax Class. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. And then our social media channels will have it all for you as well every single week. But I suggest you subscribe. And you just don't have to worry about it. Go straight to your phone and you're good to go every single week. Uh, All right, Evan, that's it, man. For Evan Scheminauer, I've been Jake Kelly. And for the Fastest Game on Two Feet and for the Creator, thanks for joining us here on Extreme Threads Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network.